0: Good morning, let's all stand together, we're going to lift up our voices as we sing a song called Hark the Voice of Jesus Calling, it's a mission song, but it's to the tune of Brethren We Have Met to Worship. Hark the voice of Jesus Calling
1: this morning nice smiley cheery fall folks you know isn't it so great it's not 95 out and it's not five below amen Amen. it's that beautiful fall that's just so amazing about living in Vermont it puts a smile on my face in the spring and in the fall it's that perfect combination Uh, it's just that's me now, uh, in the last few weeks, we've had several families already, our snowbirds, head back to Florida, because they're saying, it's, it's 55 outside, and they want to get down to where it's 85, but um, I think it's great, it's beautiful. Uh, our missionaries were driving up from New York City, and they came up. Uh, 87 across 1 uh, 149 in New York and then up 22A and they were telling me how beautiful it was driving up here. And you and I, we're blessed every day to get up and see that. Isn't that great? Yeah. Amen. We're just blessed people. Let's open up our service with a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we come before you and Lord, we thank you for your many, many blessings to us. And we may joke a little bit and jest about Things like fall and winter and all of that. But Lord, we just are really blessed people. Mm -hmm. And I ask that you'd be with this worship hour that we come into. Help us to praise you. Help us to lift you up and exalt you. Lord, I pray that you'd be with those who are gathered here this morning and those who are live streaming the service. I pray that you'd minister to hearts according to your will through the power of your Holy Spirit. We thank you and praise you in Christ's name we pray amen please be seated but we have supported them as a church for years. How many supporting churches do you have? About 85. About 85 churches across America, maybe from other countries in the world. They all give a part, and that's what makes their livelihood, because Belgium won't let him go get a job. He can't just go down and work at the convenience store. He has to have support for them to stay on the field, to do the ministry that they've done started a great church, a strong church, um, doing a great work. So we have a part, there. We, we partner with them in that ministry, and praise the Lord for that. What a wonderful investment for us to have around the world. Mm-hmm. All right, I think I'm going to turn it back over to Brother John.
0: Would you please stand and together? We're going to lift up our voices as we sing Psalm 150. Sorry, Lord. Resounds with ceaseless praise to the sun.
1: for us this morning as we continue to ask the Lord to stir our hearts about world missions. We have been to his work there, their work there in Belgium, um, on a missions trip years ago, 2008, a number of us went. I had Ashley reach out to those who went on that missions trip years ago and say, hey, listen, come and uh, see the tailors." It was a great missions trip, It it was truly made an impression on all of us, and we're able to make a difference. Um, did want to mention to you, this coming Wednesday night, I'm going to be doing baptism. Had the privilege of leading a couple of folks through the sinner's prayer. We bowed our head, and they received Christ as their Savior, and they said, we want to get baptized. So this Wednesday night, i uh, going to be doing baptism. If you've received Christ and you have never re- followed the Lord in scriptural baptism, come talk to me. I'd love to include you in that Wednesday night baptism. Brother Larry, come on up.
2: You know, as a missionary, there are churches and people that you want to be part of your mission ministry. When we met your pastor 14 years ago, we said, we want to be part of that. And uh, God's worked it out where we are your missionaries in Belgium. And we're so thankful to be there. We're we're thankful to be part of you. Your pastor is so gracious. Uh, When he visited 14 years ago there in Belgium, uh, we became (laughs) besties, And uh, we don't see each other that much. We don't talk to each other that much. But when we are together, we have a great time. Amen. So, Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6, a passage I'm sure you're familiar with and want to look at some things this morning. Before COVID, the fire marshal came to, our, to me and said, uh, Mr. Taylor, your building is 50 years old. It is not in conformity. You've grown, there, there, there are certain rules for if you're under 50 and if you're mm-hmm. over 50. We were over 50 at that time, and he said. I'm sorry, please. just move your microphone please. Move my microphone up a little bit. Better. Does that work? Is that better? Do you mind? No? You look very handsome. Today. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> How's my hair? It's great. It's <laughs> great. <laughs> and. Uh, So we said okay and then COVID came and uh, so I went back to the uh, to the fire marshal and said what are we going to do I can't get a builder I can't we can't we can't really I'm not really even supposed to be in your office and he said we're not going to close anything down uh, where you're concerned uh, but when when this is over we need to to upgrade your building so We went through COVID, came out and and we found a builder and he looked at my wife and I and said, you'll be out of your building for two weeks. Okay, we can live with it. Five, we spent five Sundays in somebody's backyard. One of our members back there, we just didn't pick one out. (laughs) And uh, we had celebrated our 50th wedding anniversary and, and we went back over to the church building and as we walked in this is one of the Sundays that we weren't supposed to be out of but we were watching dirt and dust and and, and fall from the in the air and we said well, we can't be here so uh, we had already had our, our uh, equipment set up for to have for our 50th wedding anniversary and we started having services in this backyard and uh, our folks liked it. Uh, in fact, they told me I told them after the fifth week we were going back to the building the next week, and they said, "But we like it here." <laughs> uh, we had beautiful weather, and I said, "No, we got to get back to our we got to get back to our building. We went back uh, to our building, and that Sunday that we were back in our building, it rained like it had not rained in a long time. so we were thankful we were there. Yeah. But we've had to renovate. New electricity, new water. We're putting in new heating. Hopefully, we're putting in new heating. The builder was supposed to put in new heating. Anyway, and um, we've had to put in new kitchen. Uh, We've moved done a lot of uh, different work. Uh, We're we're the floor, the the support for the building itself. Uh, Our building is not level. It's uh, the four centimeters from the fr- where our windows are to the back wall, but there's a difference, the back wall is sunk, so just, you know, it's one of these things that, it, that <clears throat> it's 50 years old, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> I understand that, and uh, every time he starts one project, he's got to do this other project before he can do this project. And then he's gotta do another project before he can do this project before he can get to the original one he started with. So anyway, <clears throat> we are, that's where we are. And uh, one, of the, one of the things I talked to the preacher about was, we'd love to have you guys do that. We need to paint our building inside. <laughs> all the, all the rock, all the, we call it rock. we don't call it rock in English, we call it She-rock. sheetrock in English. All the sheetrock is red. So it's, uh, you know, we're working, we're, we're uh, uh, anti-fire. That's what started it all. And so uh, plan a trip. Come see us. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 6. Do you ever talk to yourself? Do you ever talk? I mean, I do. I talk to myself. And some of the best conversations I have are with me. <laughs> There's one thing about talking to yourself you never lose the argument. But I've often wondered to myself, why aren't there more missionaries? My wife and I have been on the mission for 44 years. We went in 1978. I know that's before some of you were born. But, but uh, I, I asked myself, I said, why aren't there more missionaries? I mean, did... did God quit calling young people, young married couples, or did God just quit calling missionaries? I mean, did he decide that this world has got so good that missionaries aren't necessary? Or has this world just got so bad that God says, well, you know, it doesn't make any difference. So we're not going to call missionaries anymore. See, I really think God's still calling people to the mission field. And I know Jesus is coming back soon, but we still need to be doing what we need to be doing until he gets here. I've had young men walk up to me and say, I would go to the mission field, but I've never been called. Never say that to me. Because I'll ask for your phone number. (laughs) <laughs> you see, I don't believe you have to be called I think you have to be committed I don't believe we need a call when we have a commandment you know, the last thing Jesus said before he mounted up into heaven was found in, uh, in Acts 1.8 and he said, ye shall be witnesses unto me now, if you read that, you read it in any language you want to, in, in, in French, I read it a little bit in Greek. Uh, it, it's, not, it's not a suggestion. It's a command. Ye shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. So why do we need a call when we have a command? Why do we need a voice when we have a verse? Why do we need an invitation when we have instruction? Amen. I challenged our folks a few weeks before we we uh, left to come back to, come back to America, and and I began to talk to them about dangerous prayers. Have you ever thought about how we pray? Have you ever thought about how we pray? lord bless my family there's nothing wrong with that by the way i'm i'm, I'm gonna say this right off the bat there's nothing wrong with pregnant there. there's nothing wrong with praying safe prayers but do you not think god every now and then wants us to put ourselves out there do you never, don't you think sometimes god is challenging you and i to live by faith and isaiah in Isaiah chapter six, verse eight, and I heard the voice of the Lord saying, "Whom shall I send, and who will go for us?" Now the Lord is not commanding here. Look at this. The Lord is not commanding Isaiah. He said, "Who's going to do this? Who can I send? Who will go for me?" And there's Isaiah. He stands up and he says, "Hear, my Lord." Send me. He's actually volunteered. I mean, if I'm reading this right, and I've read it in French, I've read it in, uh, in Hebrew, and, and it all comes out to say, Isaiah is jumping up and down saying, Lord, I'm here. Send me. One of my, I have grandkids. I have grandkids. And they live on the field with us. And, 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 and I'm going to tell you how sinful I am. Right off the bat, they love to watch the 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 uh, uh, cartoon Shrek. Mm-hmm. And in the cartoon Shrek, in the cartoon, you uh, uh, probably say, "What in the world does that have to do with this?" But there's a point. Uh, <laughs> Shrek has to go rescue the princess. And so he's got all these fairy fairyland creatures in front of him, and he says, "I need help. I need somebody to go with me." And all these fairy fairyland creatures do, like you and I would probably do. They put their hands in their pockets and start to whistle. But behind all of them, there's this donkey. And he's jumping up and down saying, pick me, pick me, pick me. And this is the way I see Isaiah. As he, as the Lord said, whom shall I send? Who will go for me? And Isaiah standing back there going, Lord, I'm here. I'm willing. I'll go. You know, there's, if you look through scriptures, there's, there's three responses to the direction of God in our life. There's one like Jonah. God said, uh, Jonah, go to Nineveh, that mean city, and preach. Jonah said, I'm going. Well, I don't know if you use that kind of, you folks are from Texas. And every now and then my English is more Texan than English, okay? So, (laughs) he said, I'm not going. I'm not going. Those people are mean. They won't listen to me. I'm not going. And in fact, he actually got on the boat to go the other direction. And we know how that turned out for him. You know what I found in our youth camp and different ministries. It's not so much that young people will say, I'm not going. It's that mom and dad says they're not going. Mm-hmm. We've had young people come and 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 uh, in our services, even this year, uh, we had a great camp. Wasn't as big as it has been in the past. In fact, I think we're going to try to see some of that tonight. But, all of our, all of our young people, not, not, did not, all of them did not get saved because most of them were saved when they came, but they all made a decision some kind, sometime for Christ. And you know, uh, our theme at our camp this year was thriving in Babylon. And uh, I, I was, I kind of remarked at that uh, this morning when I was in the preacher's Bible hour, he's. Thriving and stressful times. Amen. And, and if and it was a stressful time, it was when Daniel was in Babylon. And and uh, we encouraged our kids to make, stand up for Christ in, spa, in, in spite of the fact that they might be the only Christian in their school. Now we don't have French Christian schools. We don't have uh, French television, uh, Christian radio and all that other stuff. When our kids go to school and stand up, they stand up by themselves. Many, many of them have no other Christian in their class. And I say, well, man, that's a great mission field. You need to get them to come and, 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 and hear the gospel. You know what? Every one of them said, this year, this year, I'm going to find somebody who needs Jesus. They're going to come to church or they're going to come to camp next year. Here am I. I'm not going. Well, then there's Moses. And and you know the thing about Moses? I think we can identify with Moses. Because God said to Moses, He's out in the middle of this desert. There's a burning bush, and and, and this bush starts speaking to him. You know? And I have a feeling he did what you and I would do. He starts looking around for the other shepherd that's there, trying to prank him. And and the voice says, take off your shoes, you're on holy ground. Well, then Moses gets a real case of stupidity. He said, who are you, Lord? Well, the bush is burning. And the voice says, take off your shoes, you're on holy ground. Who else could it be? And God said, Moses, take your staff, throw it down. And he did. And that staff becomes a snake. And that snake chased him around the burning bush. And then God said, Moses reached back there and grabbed that snake. Lord, it's a snake. <laughs> now, I don't know about snakes up here in Vermont. I. I don't even know if you have snakes, but we have snakes in Texas and they rattle and warn you and then, and it's poisonous. And, and I don't know what kind of snake Moses, uh, staff turned into, but God said, reach back there and grab it. And I'm sure the first thing he said was, Lord, that's a snake. But he did. And it turned back into a snake into a staff. He says, now, I got, a, I, got a, I got a job for you. Go to Pharaoh. Say, let my people go. He said, Lord, how about we send Aaron He said, Moses said, here I am. Let somebody else do it. How often? How often has the Spirit of God moved within us? How often has God spoke to us in our heart and said, hey, I've got a job. You, there's something you can do, there's someplace you can be involved, there's something, there, there's a there's a project that you can be involved in, and, and we say, Man, I'm too busy. Let somebody else do it. Let somebody else go. Let somebody else do the job. I'm not the right person. I don't know what to do. Well, Moses went. And, and, and you know the rest of the story. You know the rest of that story. God his people out. But then there's Isaiah. He says, then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And Isaiah is jumping up and down and said, send me. I, here I am. Send me. I'm willing to go. You see... The prayer we need to be thinking about this morning is is not a prayer, I'm going to be a missionary, or I'm going to be a preacher. The prayer we need to think about is availability. I'm willing to go and do and be what God wants me to be. I'm available. I'm available. I'm available to sing in the choir. I'm available to teach a class. I'm available to do a trunk. Yeah, I know there's a lot of things going on on Monday night. But an opportunity, an opportunity to reach into somebody's life and tell them about Jesus. And the best thing about it is, they come to you. I don't know how many doors we've knocked. How many tracks we've handed out. Just for the opportunity. That somebody would open their hearts. Let us talk to thee about Jesus. And that's us that's, that's putting forth the effort. Well, how do we get there? How do we get where Isaiah was? Starting in verse number one, chapter six. In the year that King Uzziah died, now get this. I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. You see, when I read that, that, that that sounds in my heart. Because he had an experience, he had an encounter with God. My parents were saved when I was eight years old. we still going to church. Church just like this one. In fact, when I come here, I think, man, this is like being home. Just like this one. And <clears throat> my dad and mom always sit um, on about the sixth or seventh row. And uh, they would let me sit. They would let me sit on the far edge of the, of the row in front of them. So it didn't look like I was sitting with them, but that I was sitting with (laughs) (laughs) them. And uh, one service, I watched a group of kids that were in my class come forward, and I went forward. And uh, well, I didn't know what I was going forward for, but I knew I was not gonna let those kids get in front of me. (laughs) You know, and this, this nice lady met me at the altar and uh, said, "Why are you here for? And you know, uh, so you wanna get saved? Yes. Didn't know I needed to be saved, but yes. She said, she showed me some verses, repeat after me prayer. And and I I knelt down a sinner, got up a sinner and she said, congratulations, you're saved. Now folks, I wasn't saved. I just repeated what she said. And not only that, I got dumped. Or, well, see, I can't be baptized. Can't be baptized because you got to be saved first and then you're baptized. That's the pattern. And and so, I had everybody fooled. You know, you can fool a lot of people. But you can never fool yourself. And you can never fool God. Amen. Well, time passed. And, and I, you know, I a lot of meetings. And I told my father, as soon as I get 18, paying my own way, doing my own thing, I'm leaving church. This does not interest me at all. Well... My dad came to me. He said, uh, "I know you've been saving money to go to Dallas Cowboy football camp. Back then, uh, Tom Landry would invite some of the high school seniors, high school players to come and 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 uh, hold hands and play with uh, the bigger boys. And I wanted to go. I had saved money to go. I had, you know, at that time you could." Take Coke bottles back for five cents apiece. And, and I'd done that. And I'd wash cars and mow the lawns. And, and I had the money to go. And my dad came to me and said, I want you to go to youth camp. And I said, I don't really want to do that. He said, I'll tell you what I'll do. Let's make a deal. You go to youth camp. I'll pay you away. And he said, um, I'll pay you away to football camp. Okay. Youth Camp was four nights, four days. Went up on a Monday, came back on a Friday. I said, I couldn't hold my breath that long.
3: <laughs>
2: and uh, I had the privilege of riding with the preacher. You know, everybody else rode in the, rode in the bus, but I am pretty sure he was afraid I was anyways. <laughs> And I won't go into everything about that, but during the week, there was a pastor by the name of David Cabin. And I was sure that my preacher and all the young people sat and told him my life story. Because every time he preached, it was to me. And I said, you know what, I can change where I'm sitting and he won't know where I'm at. <laughs> but you see, it was the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit worked wherever I went so we got down to Thursday, and we had sang, we had like 600 kids in this camp, and, and, and every time we had a service, I mean, they flooded the altars, and, and uh, we'd sang like 55 verses of this invitation hymn, and, and <laughs> he, said, he said, we're only going to sing three more, and if nobody comes, we're going to quit, so I prayed. If you sing five more, I'll go. And you know what? They sang five and I went. And when I got there, my preacher was there waiting for me. He said, I've been waiting for you to come. But you knew who else was there? The Lord Jesus. And it became more than just a name for me. It became a reality in my life. It became a personal relationship with him. My life changed. My life changed. Isaiah met the Lord. Saw the Lord. Had an encounter with him. And his life changed. He was never the same. In fact, scripture tells us, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. And all things become new. And that's what happened to me. That's what happened to Isaiah. You know, I, I think, and and I think some of the reasons we have problems is our, in our church churches is because people have never really had an encounter with God. Oh, they've come forward, they've prayed this prayer, but there was never any change. There was never there was never a real encounter with Christ Look, uh, and, and the evidence is that they never changed what the way they were I changed my desires changed, my direction changed and if you met Jesus Christ that's what will happen to you based on the promises of the word of God so are you judging me? nope I'm just telling you what I think the Bible teaches us. people have asked me how come, how can people come to church and say they know God and then go back out and live in the world and do things that Christians shouldn't do and talk the way Christians shouldn't talk and listen to things that Christians shouldn't listen to and, and, and have friends that Christians shouldn't have. I think it's because they've never met Jesus. If you're going to fully surrender to God, you got to come to God on God's terms. If you'll remember what the, cross, what the thief at the cross did, Be merciful to me, a sinner. He came to God. He came to Jesus Christ on Jesus' terms. And God saved him. I think the next thing we need to see about Isaiah was, verse 5. Then said I, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Isaiah became aware of his sinfulness. Our, our culture lies to us. It says, you're not a bad person. Our, 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 our psychiatrists and psychologists tell us, you're not a bad person. And yet, we are bad people. We are sinners saved by Christ. If we're saved. Isaiah looked at himself and said, I'm undone. I'm unclean. I, I, I'm, I'm a sinner. Well, everybody's human. You know, brother, everybody's human. That may be true. Everybody's human, but uh, we need to be born again humans. We need to have that relationship with Jesus Christ and have the sinfulness that's, that's, we're, that's, that's innate because we were born, taken away. That comes about because of the grace of God. I don't know why God loved me. I don't know why God gave me chance after chance, after chance, after chance. Or opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to come to know him, but he did. And when I went forward in that meeting many years ago, he was there, welcoming me into his family. You see, sometimes I think because, well, we've never really. We've never really lived in the world. We've never really committed great sins. We've never killed anybody. And you know our biggest sin every now and then. Is telling a little white lie. You know. Which is no such thing by the way. We don't think we're that bad. Isaiah says. Your sins have separated you from your God. What do we do with that? What do we do with the, the anger? What do we do with the pride? What do we do with the bitterness? What do we do with that unforgiving spirit that, that's, <clears throat> that's within us and, 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 and <clears throat> hinders our fellowship with God? Well, by His grace, we can come to Him. Repent, repent, Maybe I need to say it again. Repent, and by His grace, He'll forgive us. Well, the Lord asked, whom shall I sin, and who will go for me? Isaiah steps, jumps up and down, here are my Lord's and me. You know, when I read this, I don't see any reluctance on His part. This is not one of those things. Well, golly bum, I got to do this because, you know, I feel like this is what God wants me to do, but I really don't want to do this. I see Isaiah. I see Isaiah jumping up and down saying, Lord, hear my sin, me. This is not a one time decision. Paul wrote throughout his epistles I die daily. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I. Christ lives within me. See, so I wonder. I wonder why we don't, we, don't, we don't pray. Lord, send me to the mission field. Lord, send me to Africa. I know why some of us don't pray that, because God might do it. Tommy Donahoe came into my life. I was on my way to University of Texas, Tommy Donahoe came to my life and said, Would you think about this? God needs missionaries. God needs missionaries in Belgium. And so, as a, as a kid, didn't know any better, went back to my, 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 my bunk during a youth camp and said, "Or if you wanted me to go to Belgium, I'm willing to go. I'm willing to go, and you know what? It was what he wanted. Amen. God may not need God may not want you to go to mission field. You may be too old. I hate to say that because I'm, I'm 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 with you. I'm too old to go to the mission field, and yet there I am. Some of you'll understand that later. But just maybe God needs for you to be available. Just maybe God has put you where you are. For such a time as this. And our attitude needs to be the same attitude that Esther had. If I perish, I perish. Oh, I don't know. One of the greatest blessings I have, one of the greatest blessings I have, being on the mission field. There's nothing, there's nothing like witnessing or having someone come in to you and you open your Bible and you take them down the Romans road and you say, do you want that? And they'll say, yes, I want that. You say, all right, you pray. I won't lead someone in prayer. Personal preference, you can do it if you want to. Personal preference, I won't lead somebody in prayer. So you pray, here's what you need to pray. I'll give them a few pointers. So let's pray. And they pray, they ask Jesus to become their Lord and savior. And, 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 and then they lift up and they look at you. And their faces changed. And their eyes have changed. Because they met Jesus. Amen. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you don't. That's a shame. Heavenly Father, your grace, your grace is enough. Your grace is supreme. Your direction, your direction in our life is what we search. Lord, we're, we're grateful to be here today. And I pray, I pray that you would work in hearts and lives this morning. That your spirit would have the convicting power it needs to draw, to convict, and then, Father, to cleanse. You are our God. This is your invitation. And I pray this in Jesus' name, and for his sake,
1: amen. Thank you very, very much for coming to the Lord's house this morning. This evening at 5 o'clock, I'd like to meet with the deacons, trustees, and your wives Wanted to just have a meeting, talk about our annual Thanksgiving dinner. So if I could have deacons, trustees, and your wives come tonight at 5 o'clock to meet with me. Uh, And then also, please be in prayer for Susie Rivet. Her brother passed away Friday. And Holly Oak, uh, not Mark, her other brother. Uh, I saw Kim's reaction. I thought he clarified that. Um, But um, what was it? Brother Steve? Brother Steve. Yeah. Susie's brother Steve and then Holly Oak's mom passed away Friday so pray for her as well and what did you say and Casey's, dad, and Casey's dad that's right he passed away this week as well so pray for your church family a lot of things happen on in your church family you need to pray for one another amen, amen. on a happier note they're installing the garage doors on our garage back here Monday it's a big deal to me, man. I'm telling you what, we paid for these things like four months ago. And I, anyways, we won't go there. Thank you for coming to the Lord's house this morning. I'm going to close this in a word of prayer. And I know John has one verse as we dismiss. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to praise you. Please be with us as we go forth. Help us to honor you in every way. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
0: What a fellowship, what a joy, divine meaning on the everlasting arms, what a blessedness, what a peace is mine meaning on the everlasting arms. Leading.